0: Divorce, abuse, and when you should change your Facebook relationship status on today's episode of the Lady Lawyer League Podcast. This is the Lady Lawyer League Podcast. Omaha's leading lady lawyers, empowering women to be legal savvy. Hosted by Susan Ruff and Tracy Hightower Henney of Hightower Ruff Law. Welcome to the Lady Lawyer League Podcast. I feel like it's been a little while.
1: I think it's been, for me, like. 2 or 3 months. So I'm super rusty.
0: Okay, but also for the listeners it's only been 2 weeks. I know. So, let's go with that.
1: Yeah. Well, they they're lucky they get every week.
0: Right? Cuz we sub- No, every other week right
1: now. Oh, every other week. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Season 3 every other week. Season 3, there's a lot of stuff going on, so we had to like do a every other week thing. Yeah. Life life and podcasting can be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> We have a lot of podcasts to listen to, okay? Yeah. Um, maybe in the show notes, we'll share some of our favorite podcasts that we listen to. Yeah, that's fun. Um, so today we're talking about divorce and when abuse is present. Right. And I think that this is a really um, important topic that you know all the trigger warnings, we're gonna be talking about domestic violence um, and some financial abuse when money can be used as a way to keep someone in a relationship and unfortunately we see that a lot with our cases. So some trigger warnings that those are the things we're gonna be talking about, Um, and then also just some fun ways to talk about divorce in general, Um, maybe sometimes when you don't want it to happen or you want it to happen more than your spouse.
1: Like a one-sided divorce?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's
1: like like a term, but I just made it up. Right, yeah, one-sided. Yeah, one-sided divorce. Um, So a lot of people come in and they have had a history of abuse in their marriage. And they don't always want to tell us, right? In their first meeting. Yeah. And that's really hard. Like, And as attorneys, sometimes we will specifically ask folks. And I've had a case where I specifically asked the client you know, if there was a history of domestic violence. And the answer was no. And then later in the case, they told me, That their spouse had hit them in the past. And I thought to myself, well, I asked if there was domestic violence and they said no. So I dropped it, you know, like I thought, okay, move on next topic we're going to talk about. And then later I find out that there was, and I was confused by that.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's a legal definition of domestic violence um, and there's also the subjective idea of domestic violence and what happens behind literal closed doors, I think for some people is like, you know, a belief that maybe that wasn't enough right? or it was just one time and it's also, you know, there's a stigma around domestic abuse and domestic violence too that people don't necessarily want other people to know what's happened behind closed doors, even their divorce attorney.
1: right? And I also think there's like words matter. You know, domestic violence to that person might mean something different than hitting. That's right. You know, like um, maybe they think it's only called domestic violence if it happens over and over and over and over and and they told me it just happened that one time. So, you know, and and I think we're here to say like any physical violence is domestic violence. One time
0: um, is enough. And in in Nebraska, which is where we are licensed to practice, um, oftentimes we see our clients have protection orders in addition to their divorce Mm -hmm. case, whether that's filed first or the divorce is filed first. And oftentimes um, navigating those two areas of the court can be really interesting as well, where, you know, if we have a divorce on file and there's also a protection order, sometimes judges think, well, we can deal with the physical violence within the divorce case and that often isn't the same ramifications if someone has a protection order in place. So that goes into the legal definition piece of that as well. Um, What does the judge think the definition is? Because judges are humans and people forget that too. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and for a protection order, um, you know, there's a lot more that can come that that matters, I mean, th- that's terrible to say, but there's a lot more about the abuse that matters
0: in a protection order case than actually in a divorce case. Well, and then you add in children, right? and all of a sudden a protection order becomes um, somewhat of a custody order right. as well. So judges have a lot to consider, um, and oftentimes protection orders can go in place without a hearing, too. And one of the... One of the, there's a lot of questions that we get asked, not necessarily from the clients who have physical violence in their case, but from uh, friends and acquaintances that are interested about what it's like being a divorce attorney. Right. And so some of the questions, you know, that we get is, you know, how much, how much domestic violence is in your case, or how many people have affairs, or what are the reasons that people get divorced? And that yeah. people are really interested. And I think sometimes they're interested because they want to know about their own marriage. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And they're doing know, that, like, "Hey, I have this friend." I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think that domestic violence is always the last thing um, in a marriage that you know creates no. someone filing for divorce. No, not at all. I and and I think it's fair to say too,
1: in Nebraska, you don't have to have a reason to get divorced, so you don't have to like you don't have to have something as serious as domestic violence to get a divorce. In fact, you don't have to have any reason at all. You just have to prove to the judge that your marriage is broken and that there's nothing more you could do to keep it together,
0: Right, which isn't hard to prove. (laughs) And sometimes we have clients um, who are not willing to make those allegations either. Right. So specifically... Um, are these the know, one-sided divorces? Yes, yeah, the one-sided
1: <laughs> The, the that, other side.
0: That you just made up today. Yeah. Um, specifically the allegation that um, your marriage is irretrievably broken, that you've made some efforts at reconciliation, and that you don't believe any further efforts at reconciliation would be successful. I yeah. think I did a good job. Um, exactly what the statute says. and so. Um, oftentimes well the word reasonable is in there that you've made reasonable efforts at reconciliation and um, sometimes our clients say well he hasn't made any efforts at reconciliation so he just walked out yeah he just abandoned me and there is never a point in Nebraska because we are a no-fault state there's never a point that we have to provide evidence of whether those efforts have happened or if we think that they would be successful if they kept doing it. So we don't have to bring a therapist in to say, well, I think if they did some more therapy, maybe they could save the marriage. Right. And And the court
1: can't order them in Nebraska, because in Iowa they can, they can't order them to go and give it one more shot, like in couples counseling or something like that.
0: Right. So when we have a divorce that has abuse involved, um, you know, a lot of questions that we get are, can the victim of domestic violence maybe get more in the divorce, more right. assets, or things like that? Um, oftentimes, that's not the case because we are in a no fault state. Um, really, when we talk about domestic violence, it's making a safety plan for our clients to get out of the house. Um, anytime we're looking at evidence, is, you know, is do we need to present the evidence in order to get exclusive use of the home, for example?
1: Yeah. The, the idea that the abuser will be punished through the divorce by getting less or being like labeled as the bad guy doesn't work because again we're in no-fault state. And I say guy and to be fair I said that because it was just easy but you might be the bad woman or whatever because we have seen domestic violence can go both ways. Men can be perpetrators, women can be perpetrators, men can be victims, women can be victims. It can happen in a same-sex relationship, it can happen in a heterosexual relationship.
0: Yes, domestic violence is not gender specific, that is certain.
1: So the idea of one person saying, well, they've abused me, maybe there is clear evidence that is easy to prove, so I should get more. I should, I should get all the retirement and the whole house and all the cars and all the jewelry and all the gold and all the cash and whatever else they might have. Do you have a lot of gold in your divorces? Um, have you ever had some gold? Uh, I, I did work on a case where there was some gold bars and silver bars. Did you ever see them? No, they were appraised because they had them appraised for insurance. So we just, everyone agreed that that was the
0: value. Oh. So
1: I think in the appraise when you get in a, a something appraised, there's usually a picture.
0: Yeah. Was it like the bars that are like twenty pounds? That yes. Like in the movies you see in the safe. Yes. Yes. Sacked up. Yes. Hmm. Yes. What other big assets have you had besides um, actual gold? Yeah. I, have you ever had anything delivered to the office? No. Really? No. Oh. No.
1: I I have <laughs> very firmly put my foot down that I don't want to be the keeper of anything valuable for anyone else.
0: I've had some things recently delivered to our office. I have heard.
1: And I saw a box in someone's office with some creepy items in it. Yeah. There and a, you know what? Turns out that doll wasn't even supposed to be transferred to right. that box. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was we've, a creepy doll. We've been the keeper of some things. I remember one time a small safe was delivered. I didn't, I didn't even know what was in the safe um, because the other person didn't have the key and the other person oh, needed to pick up the like safe. A, like a lockbox? Yeah, like a little size that you would see in the hotel. Huh. So... Um, yes, I prefer that we not be the keeper, yeah. but every once in a while, someone doesn't wanna you know, see the other person and yeah. we safe keep and I often say, you need to drop it off and then the other person picks it up the same day. We don't need to have a liability either. If yeah. there's gold in yeah. there, someone steals it, it's not on me. Yeah,
1: yeah it, the gold thing, I think a lot of people feel that gold and silver is a safe investment instead of like the market because while their prices fluctuate i think they fluctuate more slowly right and they're not based on you know like oh you know southwest messed up all those flights and now their stock is bombing right type of thing right so
0: well so kind of speaking of that in this idea of financial abuse um you know Financial abuse is a phrase that isn't really an official term in Nebraska, but it is that idea that um, someone maybe gives the other person a sort of small allowance and says, I'll give you $100 a week um, and nothing more, and that person then can not actually leave the marriage because they are not able to go anywhere, Uh, they're not able to leave the house, they're not able to get rent anywhere, and they have no other access to funds. And oftentimes, when I think about financial abuse, I also think about dissipation of marital funds in anticipation of divorce. Um, That's a lot of big words. Yeah. So, like, literally spending down money for things that were not uh, jointly beneficial to the marriage. Yeah. So, going to Las Vegas and putting $10,000 on Red, let it ride, that type of stuff. Um, so, yeah. And those are, it's,
1: sometimes hard to prove, you know, that that's the reason somebody was doing it. Sure. So, to to try to get a judge to see it that way too.
0: And I think a lot of it has to do with timing, like how close is it to the filing of divorce or, but if it's years, it yeah. is a different, it just can be difficult.
1: Here's what I don't understand in those circumstances is the person who's spending down or, you know, potentially taking a lower paying job or whatever it might be, Cashing out retirements, like they're only hurting themselves in the future. I, f- I feel like too. So right. why are they? It's it's like self sabotaging also, right?
0: You know. Well, they're not thinking rationally. Yeah, That's I guess certainly true.
1: Yeah, I I shouldn't use my rational brain to think like an irrational person.
0: Right. So one of the other things that um, is a. Difficult part in Nebraska is getting exclusive use of the home too. Yeah, like during the case. And one of the things that you find this too when we, when I do consults, um, you know, we're at the very first conversation with a client and they're still living together with their spouse and they will say, well, at some point he's got to move out or she's got to move out. Um, and I go through the whole spiel to say, well, Sometimes the judge isn't going to make someone move out, kick someone out. Uh, So we have to either have an agreement or you're going to stay living together or you leave voluntarily, uh, temporarily. And people are aghast at that. They cannot believe that two people going through a divorce are going to remain living together. I feel like the person who takes
1: care of the home more thinks that they're entitled to the home and that they think that if they like... Well, judge, I'm the one that mops the floors and takes out the trash and does the laundry and does the dishes and dusts the stuff. Like they think that that's going to be the reason the judge gives them the home. I mean, sure. When the judges really approach it more from a practical standpoint of like, can this family afford two homes during this time? Um, if they can, it, how much is the mortgage and is that more than moving out into something else? And those types of things. I mean, like judges think about all of that. Yeah,
0: and they're often thinking about, is there a guest bedroom where you can sleep separately? Is there sort of a separate living arrangement? A lot of some discussion that happened through COVID too is some people are working from home. So are they both working from home? Yeah. But then when you add in the domestic violence issue, Uh, In Nebraska, if we can prove either emotional or physical abuse, um, then the judge has the discretion to require someone to move out. Right. And that becomes, again, sometimes a he said, she said situation for a judge. And we oftentimes will come in very seriously asking the judge to make a finding. um, And the other side, for example, may very seriously deny that. Yeah. And the judge has to decide. Yeah.
1: And at that point, we're just in a temporary setting, so it's affidavits. So the judge doesn't even get to see the people and hear from them directly as to what's going on. They only get to read their affidavit. Yeah, it's only a written statement. So that's that's a really hard part of the case, I feel like, when there actually is um, abuse going on because it's really hard to just put it on paper. And then I think it's hard for judges to force someone out of their home based on an affidavit right when this is a home maybe they've been living in for like 10 15 20 years even right so
0: well and then if you also have issues of domestic violence what can create additional problems is physical violence in the home either before or after someone moves out so holes being punched in the wall and then devaluing the asset of the home if it's going to be sold later and sometimes intentionally, because again, we're not usually talking about rational people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We've had, we've definitely had cases where
0: someone is like upset with
1: something going on in the divorce case and they trash the house in some way, shape or form. Yeah. So that's interesting when that happens, how we have to work through that, but right.
0: And thankfully, um, usually when we're valuing the home too, we're talking usually to an appraiser Mm -hmm. who's appraising the home that, usually those types of cosmetic issues can be, uh, don't really devalue the home, right? A hole in the wall can be fixed and things like that. So yeah. that's pretty helpful, but.
1: But we've had some serious cases where someone's been either awarded the house or they stay in the house and they literally like stop taking out the trash. Yeah. And they stop cleaning it and like maybe that bathroom sink has been leaking and it's getting worse and it's leaking into the floor and then the flooring is getting destroyed. I mean like stuff like that. Um, especially on cases that take a long time to process through.
0: Or oh, they're not mowing the lawn? Yep, Because maybe that's the, the spouse that left, is the one that mowed the lawn. Which is not always the man, because I mow the lawn at my house. Well, I take it back. I mow the front yard. <laughs> well, you do some of it. Do you mow the lawn at
1: your house? Sometimes, um, my child mows the lawn a lot. Is he good at it? Yeah. Anybody that actually pushes a mower around, I, whatever. I mean, to me, it, this is a soapbox. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Grass is stupid. Grass is the stupidest thing in the world, unless you're feeding an animal with it. Because you know, okay, for for my home, for example, we have a sprinkler system. We pay electricity and water to run the sprinkler system to make the grass grow, and then we pay some company to come and put probably horrible chemicals on it to make it grow and look better, and then at least like every you know ten days. We have to spend money on a lawnmower and gas, and go out there in our time
0: and cut it down. But you don't have to. There's natural habitats you can, like yeah, in the city. Yes, you can do the natural habitat, So that when not your grass. neighbor, so that when your neighbor gets mad that you didn't mow your lawn, I'm using air quotes. Yeah,
1: I and think they call the city. It.
0: Well, but there's they. Oh yes, so there are people. Only audio. Okay, um, but they when your neighbor calls the city to yeah. complain that you didn't mow your grass and it's just a natural habitat, I think you get an exception for that. So you don't have to do all of that. Well, but you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, because there's that, like, keeping up with the Joneses thing
1: right. idea. But the natural habitat thing is really interesting. You can only have a certain percentage of your lawn be grass. You have to have, like, wildflowers, vegetable garden, da-da-da, uh,
0: wild, grass, wild grasses. Not So next to our house is a... S- swath of land a slice of land Um, some land yeah yeah it's not a whole strip strip swath yes anyways whatever word you want to use uh adjective um that is a prairie grass preserve so we literally can't touch it yeah and they're preserving the natural grasses and it gets long um but anyway, so if you're in a house and you don't mow the yeah, lawn, you it could can get in trouble. be a problem. Well, and HOAs sometimes have rules and
1: it can be a whole thing. Yeah. And like literally, we get calls. Well, I got the HOA complaint and I'm not even living there. And my ex, soon to be ex, isn't
0: even mowing the lawn. Right. Who, who's in charge now? Who's in trouble? Well, the you city know? will come mow it and then send you a bill. And it's like yeah. $500. Yeah. That's a big
1: deal if the city comes. But then they're getting those HOA complaints with right. fees or whatever so I yeah that's a big deal mow your lawn but those are things divorce. that
0: actually happens in a divorce yes and sometimes we are helping with those logistic like literal logistics yeah. of paying bills Um, and it, when we have domestic abuse happening to the communication between the spouses is almost completely yeah void
1: you know and I think it's fair to say and I think a lot of people recognize this but you know abuse whether physical financial emotional it's it seems to be based in a power play Mm -hmm. and so that person continues the abuse sometimes or tries to through the divorce process like how can i make this process harder scarier more expensive whatever to that other person it's like another way i can abuse them yeah and um sometimes we don't always recognize that is happening in cases either because we think the case is going the way cases go and then the you know our client might say well i think they're dragging it out so they can continue to have control over me or they keep bringing me back to mediation because they want to ha- make me miss work and or intimidate me in, yeah, in person yeah. yeah or whatever it might be um, so like i think recognizing that as an attorney too is important
0: I think the like in closing, the last thing that's really important to talk about too is that you know there are different types of cases that people can represent themselves, um, kind of go through the process. Yeah. But when there is any sort of abuse, domestic violence, um, physical abuse, emotional, and or financial, I think it's really really important that um, each person, especially the victim, is represented by an attorney. Yeah, and you know in in our City and state, there are options for um, low-income people who are going through this situation. We have the Women's Center for Advancement. We have Legal Aid of Nebraska, and I'm sure you know in other states there's places like that too. Yeah. And there's also just attorneys that um, will do low-bono or pro-bono um, help as well. So. I think that all of that is really important because another way to actually take advantage of someone through the court process is to continue to abuse them. um, And especially that's easy to do if someone's not represented. And both Legal
1: Aid and the um, Women's Center for Advancement have um, identified victims of domestic violence as a priority for their legal departments. So they will take those people's cases, whether it's a protection order. A custody case
0: a divorce case something like that yes so okay so we're gonna go to our Google Google questions these are the random questions compiled by our team of top-notch and very weird producers (laughs) what's the quickest way to get divorced Uh, Oh gosh. Well in Nebraska you have to wait 60 days. Yeah, It's called a cooling off period. Uh, Actually the legislative history which is super dorky is that like a long time ago people in Nebraska didn't want people to have a fight and the next day they're divorced so they had to cool off for 60 days. Yeah so the like legitimately the quickest way to get divorced is to
1: work everything out with your soon-to-be ex ahead of time go to go to an attorney who's willing to draft up your documents and then get your ex soon to be ex to sign them and then wait the 60 days that's right
0: so in nebraska 61 days 61 ands final answer <laughs> next how many times can you divorce and remarry in the usa okay well <laughs> i was thinking about this because we do see these questions beforehand um if you get divorced in nebraska 60 days but then you can't get married again until six months after your divorce is final anywhere in the world. So that's eight months. So every eight months, you can get married and divorced. So do right. the math. Well, what's your life expectancy?
1: I read this a little differently. Oh, good. I read this is to the same person. Oh, <laughs> that is not what it says. <laughs> I know, it, is, it isn't. I was reading into it, um, which I do a lot. But it, oh, but it does say remarry. Okay, I get it. So if you are remarrying the same person, you don't have to wait after the
0: divorce is finalized. The six months. Right. Yeah, You don't even have to wait a day, I don't think. No, I think that's true. And But you still have to wait 60 days before you can get divorced yes. every time. So every 61 days. Every 61 days you could remarry the same person.
1: And you know what's really cool? You can get married at the courthouse and divorced at the courthouse.
0: <laughs> so I also, you know this, I have performed four wedding ceremonies and one of them I also divorced them.
1: How many of those four people that you married are divorced besides the one? Any of the others? Um two out of the four.
0: So 50%.
1: <laughs> so that's our stat right now. Yeah.
0: Okay. I married a Russian bride will she have to go back if I divorce her? Oh god. I I don't know. Talk to your immigration lawyer. That that involves immigration, not divorce. Or just watch MTV or something, they'll tell you the answer. 90 Day Bride? I don't think that's on MTV. MTV. But yeah, VH1, one of those. Bravo. TLC, TLC, TLC. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, can I legally change my Facebook relationship status to it's complicated during separation? (laughs) You can change it during that, during your marriage if you want to
1: um this this question is very silly um there's nothing in divorce cases that tells you what to do with your social media accounts except for sometimes
0: the judge will say you can't disparage the other parent and you actually on, can't delete your social media as a preservation of evidence yeah so you can change your status you can but change don't your delete st- anything else yeah my wife taped over the '95 Nebraska Championship game for her sister's bridal shower. Dot dot dot. <laughs> yes, you should divorce her. Come to us for who's taping anything <laughs> these days? This, this is, was it on? It had to be on VHS, right? '95 Nebraska Championship her game, sister's bridal shower. So that if it's on a VHS, then she had the whole like big. <laughs> All right. Yes, divorce her. Yeah. Come talk to Rough Law. I can't tell, so how do I find out if someone is married or divorced? Ask them. (laughs) Um, If my friends are like, hey, I met this person, I'm like, look them up on the docket and then you can find out if there's a divorce. Yeah. So in Nebraska, in Douglas County, which is where Omaha is, it's a very simple way to find out, find a marriage license if they got married in Douglas County. Yeah. It's all part of public records. So go to your courthouse, find out. You can you can look up a
1: marriage license and a divorce um, filing. The marriage license you can usually find on Goog- on Google, though. I feel like right. Mm. Mm. Licenses, I yeah, but like it's the same as finding a. You warrant.
0: might have to pay like five dollars and ninety five cents. No, it's free. Five ninety five. I'll show you. Does five ninety five mean five dollars and ninety five cents or five hundred ninety five dollars? Depends on what your um, dialect is. <laughs> Okay. you Want
1: to tell that story now?
0: Okay. No. Yeah. Well, now you do. You sh- No, you tell it. Okay. So we. You had went there, to, but you tell it. We had to renew okay. Carbonite. Yep. Like cybersecurity. And do we still have that? No. Okay. No, because it was so expensive. Five ninety five. I think it was one ninety. No, it was eleven ninety nine. No, five ninety five. Five ninety nine. Okay, five ninety nine, and I said, "Hey, Susan, do you want to renew Carbonite? It's five ninety nine for the year." No, you didn't say it to me, so I get a phone
1: call. Can you tell the story. <laughs> I'm gonna tell the story because I'm gonna tell it correctly. I, so this is when Tracy and I like we're probably like year two, and we get a phone call, and I take it, and the guy's like, "Hey, I'm Joe from Carbonite. I'm your rep, and your subscription is your annual subscription's coming due." do you want to renew it and i was like well yeah of course and i said but how much is it and he's like well for one year it's like 425 but for two years it's 599 if you renew with me over the phone and i was like well that sounds like a pretty good deal You're like a dollar 35 cool yeah, That's not like, the right
0: math, by the way. No, I'm sure of it.
1: Close enough. Yeah. And I was like, that's a really good deal. And he's like, okay. And so we do all the <laughs> paperwork over the phone. And I don't know, you emailed me and I signed something or whatever. And then Tracy, like three or four days later, is like, oh my God, what's this $599 carbonate charge on our credit card? I was like, what? That was only supposed to be $5.99. <laughs> and she's like, you have to get us out of this. So I call the guy back and I say, Hey, you told me it was $5.99. He goes, it is five ninety nine, dollars And I said, Yeah, $5.99. He did
0: it on purpose.
1: And he's like, Well, no, $5.99 means $599. I go, no, it doesn't. It means $5.99. He goes, Well, where are you located? I said, Omaha, Nebraska. I go, where are you located? And he was like, Columbus, Ohio, or something like that. Somewhere in Ohio. And he's like, Well, you probably just don't understand my dialect. Oh. Something like that. I was like, I was like, well, you need to cancel this right now. Um, Or I'm
0: going to call the Better Business Bureau. No,
1: I just said you have to cancel it because that was more than we thought it was going to be. And we have to
0: chat about it. I have to chat about it with my law partner. So nothing was protected for the next year. I don't know what we
1: did after that. (laughs) I'm sure something was taken care of, but that was hilarious. We've learned now to ask,
0: where's the decimal point?
1: And that's all we have. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. In the show notes, you'll find some of Tracy and I's favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast, and be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about our firm,
0: Hightower Ref Law, please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com. We'll see you next week.